What is up, Gen Xers? Welcome back to the water cooler. I'm very thirsty. It's good to see you and take a little break from what we got going on. You know, I was thinking about that goofy, I believe it was Billy Joel's song, We Didn't Start the Fire. You remember that goofy thing? Uh, somewhere early 90s-ish, when he was, he was a little bit past his prime. But it was like this weird kind of uh, almost baby boomer anthem, you know, we didn't start the fire and talks about all, about all these awful things that have you know, happened throughout history and none of it's that, you know, their fault and blah, 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 blah. Well, anyway, that song came to mind uh, this past week as, you know, I was watching this, you know, more and more stories about these awful, you know, anti-Asian violence um, episodes that have been happening and sprouting up all around the country. And it's been happening for some time, and it's you know, obviously it's very troubling. It's a shame, and shouldn't happen. And it certainly seems to be uh, racially motivated, but also random. So like you know, these victims that are being targeted necessarily aren't known. It's just you know, random just because of of their race and 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 what they look like. And it's awful. It seems to be happening like all over the place, and and in all these big cities. Uh, and you know, there's a, been this understandable outcry to to try to put a stop to this nonsense, right? You know, I mean, you know, all these awful instances of these, you know, people. A lot of them obviously tend to be older too, um, which shows you the the lack of, as Rod Blagojevich would say, testicular virility um, in, in sucker punching old people, or stabbing old people, or or, or just going after somebody who seemingly can't defend themselves. And it's just, just these you know, pitiful uh, acts that have been happening. And I can't, in, in, in the case of New York, it seems to be replacing, you know, that knockout game, you know, that's been going on for a number of years um, you know, that's have been targeting either either the elderly or, like, the Jewish population, the Hasidic Jews in, in New York, where... Someone will, you know, a, a kid or whomever will will walk up behind someone, just sucker punch him, and try to get to, get to knock them out in one hit, right? In the knockout game, it's just it's vile. Seems to be the same type of thing, but now uh, Asian the Asian community seems to be the ones that are taken, or seem to be the object of of all of this this type of uh, you know random acts of violence. Um, and you know, there's this outcry to try to put a stop to it, and that's obviously appropriate and it should that's what should happen right we should be unified in putting a, a stop to any types of violence much less you know something that is seemingly racially motivated like these are but what i find troubling is the old fallback in the racial division that seems to be, coincide with all of this and anytime you see one of these instances, there's this drumbeat to do away with white supremacy. Well, of course, you know, who doesn't want to do away with white supremacy? I mean, is it, everyone wants to do away with white supremacy except a you know, few backwood, uh, backwood hicks. But this really stuck out to me in one particular story, actually, you know, that happened here in Chicago in the Logan Square area. There was uh, it was one of our rare, you know, sunny, warm uh, weekend days. I believe it was a Sunday afternoon, and and a a man in a, ch a truck plows through in the, this park, and and strikes 
these picnickers in a, a park in in the Logan Square neighborhood, um, and it was just it was just disgusting act, you know, just horrific. And I can imagine seeing something like that and how horrified you'd be. And there, so I saw this this news report on it, and actually saw this, this story as as I was reading it, it was detailing. You know what happened? This guy was whoever did it was yelling. I'm I'm gonna you know well, watch what I'm gonna do and whatever. It'd been kind of building up to this, and and so you're getting the details of the or some details, not not too specifics. They didn't name the perpetrator's name. They didn't name the victims. It was just a description of what happened. Well, then the final two paragraphs of this story, you read about you know how this was an example of needing to do away with anti-asian violence and it just really stuck out to me i'm like well that's odd you know they, they didn't mention anything about the people in the park and people that were hit um that they were asian there's not and i reread the article there's no mention um of it and they had you know quoted somebody from some you know anti-asian defamation league and and you know demanding the, you know, the mayor lightfoot you know do something and whatever 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 you know, you know the sentiment was a noble one but i, I just it really struck me odd that randomly at the end of this this story was this blurb about anti-Asian violence and needing to do away with white supremacy and this, that, and the other. And I found it really peculiar because you didn't mention the name or the demographics of the driver. You didn't mention the names or demographics of the victims. But that was just kind of wedged in at the very end. I found it odd. Particularly more odd was the fact that the driver of the truck was not Caucasian. Seems odd that this story would evoke this anti-white supremacy sentiment, particularly that against uh, Asian Americans. And uh, you seem to notice, and there, there was other, another story in CNN. Um, there's a there's one instance in LA and another one in New York and this one in New York they you know showed the surveillance footage of the guy as he walked away and in, in another case where and I think in this case he like a random stabbing and it was this elderly guy it was this elderly you know black guy from the surveillance footage and in the CNN article it says white man stabs Asians. Uh, I just, I was just kind of dumbfounded. I think, what's going on here? So many of these cases, you know, the people committing these acts, these horrific acts, are, are not from the demographic that is needed, but yet that's the narrative that is being portrayed in the media and you're stoking more of this racial animus and I just I can't for the life of me get it and it just it irritates me to no end how you have these race baiters in the media and in politics who continue to stoke division and in a case like this where you have these horrific acts it's being politicized and leveraged to being something that it's not just so it can stoke 
racial division and hatred. And I'm just, I'm so tired of it. It's just, I was so exhausted reading all of these stories where, you know, these horrific acts that are happening to these people, these racially motivated, seemingly racially motivated acts, and it's being blamed on the wrong set of people just to drum up more hatred and more clicks to their sites, more eyeballs to their stories. And it was just gross. And I, 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 something I've noticed over the past week, and I've, I've seen it over, as once this started uh, happening over the, you know, the, the previous weeks and months, and the, these, these two stories, the one in Chicago and then the one in CNN, it really struck me odd how anytime the, again, the, the demographics of the perpetrator doesn't fit the narrative, it's just ignored and still played up for the the racial angle to make people hate each other and it's just it's disgusting it goes again goes back to what charles barkley said how you you have these people in politics and i would add in in the media who are have a vested interest in stoking this racial hatred and i think most people most black people don't hate white people most white people don't hate black people most of them are good and that seems to just get ignored and it's just pushed for for really disgusting reasons and i'm I'm just so tired of it but here it goes so i i just say reject all that stuff reject the hatred reject all that when you see these stories just try to avoid you know that knee-jerk response of anger and figure out what the facts are and try to help do something to actually help these poor folks because um, that obviously needs to stop also interesting on Friday, a couple of very interesting and troubling stories on Friday. Uh, first, first the jobs report that came out on Friday, a miss by a lot. I don't know if you saw this, but it was expected as the you know, country is finally uh, arriving outside of its long slumber. You know the 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 COVID groundhog has told us that we can leave, and so we're starting to. To sprout out, we're starting to see some some hope here, and it's expected that in the month of April that the economy would add a million jobs. Well, on Friday the report came out that you know 266,000 were added, not the million that were were projected. Obviously, that's a huge miss. I mean, that's that's a, a big one, right? So it, it tells you a lot of very troubling things that. Uh, undercurrents that are going on in the economy and you know the obvious narrative that comes out of that is whether or not the unemployment uh, benefits that uh, the Biden administration has has extended is if that's getting giving people more incentive to not work and to not go back to school or not school not to go back to work um, and it seems to be be at least empirically shown from the, from this jobs report that came out on Friday. But whether or not the those jobless benefits are directly to blame, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's it's not unrelated. But certainly this new administration has not done much to help the the economy get back on track, you know, certainly not like the previous administration did. And you see all kinds of reports that employers are really struggling to fill jobs. And if you're actively employed like I am, you're seeing that same thing. Um, you know, really, all, all you know, jobs across the economy, not just you know, lower paying or minimum wage jobs, but really all, 
all across the the board you know people are, are weirdly reluctant to come back into work and it's just it's just very peculiar it's odd and hopefully people can shake that off soon but it's it's really really weird and equally as weird i even saw a, a push now for a 25 dollars minimum wage which i just uh, I, I don't understand that i don't understand how minimum waged and either low or no skilled labor has now become some drumbeat to be economically viable to support a family i mean i just i just, uh, I, I i don't get it and it unfortunately these types of initiatives only go to hurt the poorest among us you know and those who are who are unskilled and, and you know like those of us who have you know teenage kids who are wanting to get out and get some experience and get onto the workforce it hurts them it hurts those that are poor but you most predictable thing ever is as the talk of raising minimum wage progresses the talk always comes to upping the ante. So we go from 10 to 15, 15 to 25. Why not make it 50? Why not make it 100? It's just it's really, really bizarre. But that's where it goes. And again, the economy does not seem to be heading in a positive direction, particularly with all of the outrageous spending that's happening. And the strength of the dollar is very, very much in question. And also, it's, there are a lot of very troubling indicators around the stock market, which makes it seem ready for a crash. And that, that's, I mean, I'm just I'm bracing for that. And you know, hopefully, if that happens, you know, we Gen Xers won't get screwed again you know, like we did in the job market coming out of college and in the real estate market as we were buying homes. And now, potentially, the stock market is those of, of, of us as we get into potential retirement age. It, it could be a disaster, but it's it could it sounds very conspiratorial. But when you see some very high-profile divorces like the Bezos and um, and the Gates as they file for divorce, is this something that's that's real, or is this some um, way for you know the ultra wealthy to stealthily? unload some of their stock and to cash in on some of their stock so if you know to kind of insulate themselves from a almost inevitable crash of the market who knows but you know all, it, it seems to be all the tea leaves are not showing good signs and that's obviously one that that gives you good reason to kind of raise an eyebrow who knows it could mean absolutely nothing but i don't know it didn't where there's smoke, there's fire, and there seems to be a little bit of smoke there, but we'll see how how that goes. I saw some also some more COVID mask shaming over the weekend, which again I find really really bizarre. I, I'm not, I, I don't understand what motivates people. I well, and certainly not helped by by Dr. Fauci. You know this hustler. He came out recently said that well maybe masks are now going to be a seasonal thing which I, I just don't I just don't know what this guy has or where he gets off on on wedging himself in on, on dictating how people live their lives it's just really really weird but this one particular video I saw that was really troubling was this man in this in this uh, video that he made confronts this woman in a grocery store is in a checkout aisle she's not wearing a mask and he just 
berates this woman and just shames her you know for not wearing a mask and saying well that his grandparents died from covid and how dare her he's putting she's putting you know people's lives at risk and this this and that and this woman she, she was smiling she was polite and cordial at, at first and then she said hey listen i'm pregnant my doctor told me that i you know to not wear wear the mask um, if if i can help it and he was having none of it and he just lit into her and just mocked her and then he ups the ante by putting this freaking thing online, which, again, I cannot wrap my mind around this mentality. I mean, I cannot for the life of me picture any circumstance where I would bust out my phone, tape something, particularly where I'm the one, like, shaming somebody, berate them, and then feel so righteous about it that I'm going to put it online, pat myself on the back like I did something really heroic. I find that really bizarre it could be the old man in me it could be the get off my lawn in me the gen xer in me i don't know but i cannot put my brain in that space where i would ever do that i find it so no matter how justified i felt i might roll my eyes i might give someone the finger i might you know whatever and then that's that and like as a normal functional adult you get over it and you move on but these clowns out there are just feel so righteous and getting in people's faces and videoing it and putting it online and shaming them as though they have a point it's really 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 odd uh, and i i just i just can't i can't understand it and i the guy seemed to have gotten a sufficient amount of backlash when when he put that thing out there and hopefully more people are willing to stand up and defend you know ladies like that and i mean it is none of his business you know i you know i have i have you know friends who for whatever reason directions from doctors are told not to not to wear the mask they're told not to to get a, a the vaccine because they have different uh, health underlying health conditions and whatever and that's no one's business but them and their doctors and that's what we seem to tell people but then if you perceive that somebody is going against your own orthodoxy that you have in your mind as far as vaccines and masks goes, people just unload on other people, and I, I can't get it. It's so bizarre. Now, what certainly doesn't help then is, I don't know if you saw, the CDC recently revised their guidelines regarding transmission of COVID. They say, you know, it's officially airborne. You know, it's not from surface touch. It's, it's an airborne contagion. Much like, you know, the flu. Which also tells me that for the past year, the CDC, the World Health Organization, all these experts, these virologists, they had no freaking clue what was going on. Either that or they were just lying to us for a year, but I, I don't know that they're that shrewd. And I think they just, this took them by surprise. They had no idea. Although, you know, there, there was also a report that, that, came over the weekend that you know the state department you know found these communications from china that you know in in from like 2016 they had talked about weaponized weaponizing a the corona a coronavirus and doing so to cripple the u.s healthcare system and, and the u.s economy I'm not saying anything again, and this isn't China. This is the CCP, right? Whenever I say China, I'm not talking about the people, the country, the culture. I'm talking about the Chinese Communist Party. And this seems to it seems to confirm all of it. Um, I don't know that all that seems to 
to get swept under the rug. Um, you know, when when it was seemed to be clear that you know where, where this came from, you know the you know the State Department was put under pressure by China to to not be pointing the finger at them and uh, you know, seem to to follow suit. But I, I don't know. It's really it's really really weird. But on the bright side, things are finally starting to open. Some sanity is starting to reign a little bit, and even. All our our fat man J.B. Pritzker here in Illinois hopes to reopen the state by June 11th, so you know we can topple the statue of the emperor. We can declare our freedom, but hopefully that that goes that that way. Although I I did find it funny. There's this Fox News report. It said, um, "COVID eradicated by winter, and flu will be the bigger threat." Scientists new warning. <sighs> As soon as we start to finally come out of, of of all of this nonsense, there's a little bit of hope. And they say, oh, no, no, oh, no, no, we might eradicate COVID, but the flu is going to be the bigger threat, which, I mean, I mean it, it, something's going to kill us all the time. I mean, when are we going to stop living our lives in fear and just exist, just to run our lives and start ignoring these it, these people who are really not honest, right? You know, these power brokers in politics and in the media just start ignoring these these idiots. I mean, you think about all the hoaxes and crap that we've heard from from the media and and from you know, the, particularly from the political left over the past number of years. And we talk about you know the Russia hoax, the very fine people hoax, the drinking bleach hoax, the uh, fire extinguisher hoax you know, of of the the capital uh, you know, police officer, the hands up, don't shoot hoax. I mean, think about all these things that they that they just shove down our throats that are are complete crap. You know, they didn't exist, they didn't happen, but they will beat the drum anyway and 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 try to rile up everybody, get everybody scared and worried. And you can see what what everybody's been doing the past year. I cannot get over the amount of fear that people have lived in. For the past year, I mean, think of how sad that is. Can you imagine living your life in fear of a virus like this over the past year? I mean, if it's something like airborne Ebola, where you sniff it and a couple hours later you're gone, I get it. But I mean, come on. For most healthy people, most healthy adults and young people, it wasn't going to kill us, but we acted like it was. Like immediately, you hear any athlete or or politician or celebrity who who has reported that they have tested positive for it. They, they act like it's a death sentence, like the person already died. It's weird. But I, for whatever reason, that fear has been needed. It's been necessary, and we've just seen it persistent over the past year. It's just really, really bizarre. Um, and you, know, it, you were, it, it results in like this idiot shaming some random woman in a store. You know, I, This is what we're doing? This is the kind of culture and society we want where we're berating people for wearing masks or not wearing masks or i just don't understand it i, I really 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 don't get it now a couple uh minor other news stories i saw that you know there's a lot of hand-wringing about liz cheney being ousted as the republican party chair uh, I mean, again, I don't, I don't really care too much because you know, I, I wish I could say the Republicans had the answer. I wish I could say that they they would provide us the leadership that we need. 
but in so many cases, they're just as bad as the Democrats. And this is, I think, one where we see it. Yeah. Um, but there's this drumbeat to oust Liz Cheney in, fo- in favor of Elise Stefanik, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. And I understand it from a political standpoint. You know, Liz Cheney was very, very aggressive in is being an anti-Trumper, but she seemed to take it, take things up a notch. And it's really, really weird and surreal watching um, the Twitterati get behind her on this and the um, political machines and the media get behind her on it. Because, I mean, was there anybody they've hated more than her father? I mean, that's even worse than George W. Bush, you know, even, even, arguably even more than Trump. I mean... Dick Cheney was universally hated and reviled, and Liz Cheney because she seemed to you know cut against the grain. Then that she, just like uh, the John McCain's of the world, they get lionized, and you know she kind of became a darling. But to operate lockstep with your political opponents is probably not the best way to go if you want to retain leadership within your political party particularly if you're from a state like Wyoming, that's just simply not going to cut it. And I mean, the, can you imagine the black eye that it would be if the party chair was not reelected in her own state? It seemed to be that's where it's going to go. But th- they seem to be on track to replace her with Elise Stefanik, who, to her credit, I thought she did a great job during the Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett uh, hearings. She was very fair and very logical and reasoned and rational and was did a good job of smacking down the Democrat leadership who was you know were opposing both of those nominations. I thought she did a very good job in that. But when you take a step back, in many ways, again this is probably the most Republican move ever, because at least Stefanik, from a political standpoint, is almost a clone of Liz Cheney. You know, she's was in support of the H-1B visas, she supports her path to citizenship, and so many other things that many on the right and in the Republican Party do not support, and just like Liz Cheney. And so you're going to oust someone for cutting against your party and put someone in, in power who is kind of the same. It's really weird. I mean, do, do these Republicans not learn? Do they not understand what their mistakes are? And I think the obvious answer is no, they don't. But here we go. So we'll we'll see how that one turns out. Not that I really care, but you know, a lot of people seem to. So I thought that, that was at least worthy enough to talk about it. Last thing, and this is I actually kind of found quite funny. I don't know if you saw the UK is pushing forward to now fully require in national elections um, to require IDs when you want to vote. So they are going full steam into the voter ID. Uh, requirements and the main reason why I find this funny is in the the other BBC article that I read on this said that you know, they want to avoid the uh, the voter fraud problems that plague the US 2020 election <laughs> yeah so here we are in the US when in all things voter ID, we claim racism, this and that, and blah, 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 and just avoid that at, at all costs. And here the UK is saying, yeah, we kind of don't want that. Let's let's do this. And 
and there they go. So you're probably going to see the the very typical drum beats of racism, which again, I can't for the life of me figure out how gaining a voter ID is racist. And I think the the patronizing notion that minorities can't and won't obtain an ID is in itself racist. So I, I again, that's very very odd. But I I just found it funny, you know, considering what we've gone through in the past you know, six-ish months with regards to election frauds and voter IDs and whatever else that uh, our counterparts across the pond are leaning into it and, and cutting the other way. But, you know, here here we go. We'll, we'll see how that, if that changes anything here, I doubt it. But kudos to you, UK. You're, you're doing what uh, we don't have the, as Blagojevich said, the testicular virility to get done. So with that, I'm going to take a sip of my water and get back to work, and I will see you next time. So have a good one, and until then, stay cool, Gen X.